you know, we might be the best looking podcasters out there. Oh, without a doubt. For sure. Welcome to another episode of Staying in Trouble. I'm Adam Short. I'm Eric Humes. Man, we just got done talking to some beautiful ladies here in the studio. You know, this studio always lightens up when we have beautiful ladies in here. It does. And they had such great so energy. Better. Great energy. Awesome energy. Great smiles. I felt like a lot of joy and happiness where it was coming our way. So we had Pam Kaylor and Jabrea Washington in from First Choice Pregnancy Centers here in Las Vegas. And uh, man, we we got into kind of a it's a hot it's a hot ticket item, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, with elections coming around, you know, a lot of people this is on their minds. And First Choice is a pregnancy center that gives uh, an option for young ladies uh, besides abortion, and it gives them the opportunity the uh, different uh, options to keep in the baby. Uh, different programs out there. We talked about some financial aid that these girls can get, uh, support, help, counsel, uh, counseling. You know, so it was a great interview with these two lovely ladies, and we were able to talk all about it and um, get into it. You know, yeah, absolutely. You're just going to agree with everything I say, huh? Uh, right Absolutely. now, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I am. Right on, man. Well, we hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, please leave us a message. Uh, email us. Uh, the link is in the bio, and um, tell us how we're doing. Please uh, hit that subscribe button and uh, leave a comment, and tell a friend about the show. Um this is a great show. We have a lot of other great shows. Please uh, tune in and check out some of our other episodes. But we hope you enjoy this episode on Staying in Trouble. Stay, 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 stay in trouble. Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again. But life goes on. Remember that. Money isn't real, George. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. Yeah, she's like standing like a foot off the mic. Yeah, yeah, no, barely. Get a little closer. Get a little bit closer, like this. So I'm literally. So this is. You can just get right into it, and it doesn't hurt it or anything. Yeah, but. Oh, that's much better. There, that's there we much go. Better. Okay. Oh yeah, Pam, that's even better. Yeah. 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 I think it just wasn't at the right angle for me. Yep, that's it. All right, I have been looking forward to this episode, Eric. I have too. Yes, uh, we have uh, Pam. I I, I apologize. <laughs> I should have been more prepared. C-A-Y-L-O-R, Kaylor. Just like Taylor, but with a C. Oh, that's easy. Oh. Kaylor. Kaylor. Yeah. Don't make it hard. Pam Kaylor. Uh -huh. See, I had it written down. <laughs> I needed to be prepared. Pam, you used to be in radio, so. Well, I as yes, I did have a radio show for several years. As so, part, as part so you're the expert here. As part of our ministry. Well, I don't know about that, but we had a lot uh, of fun. We had a lot of fun on our show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What was the name of the show? Voice of Life. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and it, it was a live radio? Uh-huh. It was live. We took live calls, and yep, it was fun. Oh, awesome. It was really fun. Had a co-host, Ken, my buddy Ken. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did he call you Barbie, or? <laughs> no, but I used to be blonde. Oh, so it fit the mold. I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot. Yeah. So, how, so give us a little background on. Well, on, well, and we also have Jabria Washington. Well, Hi, Jabria. In there. Hey. Well, we were going to do a little intro to her. Do, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, this, so Pam, give us a. a we're kind of self-taught, Pam. Yeah. So for for some of our listeners, give us a little background on how 
First Choice came about and some of its mission. Okay. So First Choice is a pregnancy resource center, um, would be probably the best description. And what we do is we meet with women who are pregnant or think they're pregnant, and they are considering their options. So most of our women are either considering an abortion or they are maybe someone else is considering that for them, or um, they just maybe aren't even sure um, what they're wanting to do. Do you work with a lot of the adoption services locally? Because I know that those that that service has changed over the years in like the amount of, um, you know, in the amount of, you know, interaction that they can have with people and, and, you know, and obviously Adam and I are, are, are male, uh, host on this show. So, you know, we are talking from a, a point of, I don't want to say non-educated, but what would you call our level of, uh, pregnancy education? I'm going to say it's up there. I have seven kids. <gasps> Wow! Yay for you. So, so my if I was going to have an eighth one, I was going to do it myself at home because I think I I got it down. To I, deliver the baby the home. mechanics, oh, yeah. yeah. But that's the, no, that's, I'm not talking. Any, about just you can the watch mechanics. YouTube and do that. But <laughs> no, I think I think what the services that Pam, you know, that the first choice offers goes way deeper. Than, no, it does. It does. So. Yeah. So so adoption is definitely one of the options so when a woman's pregnant she has three options she Mm -hmm. can carry her baby and parent her baby she can carry her baby and release her baby for adoption or she can have an abortion and that's the reality of it now what women don't know excuse me is that approximately one in four pregnancies will end naturally in a miscarriage and so when you think about that that's a really astounding number has it always been that high? Um, wow. It's been that high for, for several years. Wow. Um, when I first started in this industry in 02, um, gosh, it's been 18 years to pray. <laughs> um, it was probably one in three to one in four. And so, I mean, sorry, one in four to one in five. And so it's, it's probably gotten a little bit higher. Um, part of that actually honestly part of that is due to abortions and the high number of abortions that many women have because that does increase the risk for miscarriage it increases the risk for ectopic pregnancy it on future pregnancies it increases the risk of some kinds of cancer Um, it definitely increases the risk of suicide suicide risk is about six times higher for a woman who's had an abortion or had multiple abortions Um, so yeah it's definitely a little bit higher than than it once was so you talked about your ministry earlier um, do you offer, and this is what I meant by the emotional or and not just the more depth level of pregnancy is, and I think you were leading to that is with each decision that a woman makes, um, there's, you know, there's a spiritual, emotional, physical, um, and even sometimes even academical, you know, mm-hmm. recourses for all those decisions. Yeah. And so do, do does part of first choice, do you guys offer, different parts of those different aspects of life or support or what, what, what support do you, do you support on just one focus? So there's about 2,500 to 3,000 pregnancy centers around the nation in the United States. Most centers offer, um, other services such as material services, uh, such as parenting classes, maybe even some discipleship classes. 
Um, First Choice doesn't do that. We tried in the beginning to kind of, we opened in December of 04. Okay. So we tried in the beginning to kind of be that traditional pregnancy center. And we just really felt like God just kept closing that door and moving us away from it. Because all of those things we can refer for. Okay. I can refer out for material services. I can refer out for diapers. I can refer out for um, prenatal care and for medical and for everything else. So we do what we do, and that is intervene on those pregnancies for those babies that are headed for certain destruction, death, and abortion. That's fabulous. And so that's really that's really our calling. That's really um, that's really what we're there for. We are located on a private closed-in street, so it's a cul-de-sac. We're in the middle of the block. At the end of the block is a very busy late-term abortion clinic. Because of that, we have girls who come in every day who think they've come to the abortion clinic for their abortion appointment. Now, our policy is if she tells us that, we tell her. We don't always know. Right. We don't yeah. always know, you know. But we don't, you know, we offer what we offer. And the truth is, which is so amazing, and Jabrea can, can attest to this, the fact is that 99% of those girls will stay for our services. They walk in thinking they've arrived at an abortion clinic for their abortion appointment. They find out we don't do them. They find out what we can offer. They find out it's free, and they'll stay. Now, out of that, over 90% will choose life. So it's absolutely amazing. And it's, it's not because we shame them or we condemn them. It's because we love them and because we tell them the truth and because we give them all the information about all of their options. We all make decisions based on the information that we have at the time. And the great thing about pregnancy and abortion, there's a ton of information available. And so what we've found is once these women get that information, abortion is not usually what they choose. So in a previous episode, Adam and I were talking about that, even with the election cycle, that with this great, powerful internet that we have, we are still, I, I still feel like we are still not only not really miseducated, but we're undereducated, right? Yeah. Spell check has actually been a detriment to our society in, in some respects because mm-hmm. now nobody knows how to spell. Lean on it, right? Right. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, spell check's got it. And then we end up with all these text messages with, you know, bleep, 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 bleep. Oh, it wasn't me. It was spell check, right? I actually like spell check. <laughs> spell check does not work hard enough for you, by the way. <laughs> But that's just my own personal crusade because so my mother growing up, I so I'm a son of a single mom and my mom hid her, her call her pregnancy of me until late term. And uh, she barely took a week off. Wow. And uh, went back to work and she lived with my grandparents. And so when we bring up pregnancy issues is I have a kid, I've had cousins. Um, I just out, out the gate. I don't claim to know a lot of stuff because I know being married, I only have three children, which compared to Adam is, but I have, I have other instances, right? If we are on a more personal mm-hmm. conversation about children, um, for those who know me, know me on those conversations, but there's been instances in my own personal life. I take issues with children, very personal. Adam and I have both uh, interact a lot with youth, right? And I think that's our attempt to uh, to do our own little piece of ministering. Like, hey, I may not have all the answers, but you know what? I can help you in this little bit of way right here, whether it's throwing a ball, catching a ball, 
and you can have some little piece of success in life in that you can have a safe harbor. And it sounds like, you know, God has set up a little safe harbor in, in, in your office. So that's, that's really, that's really a great analogy. Cause here, here are a couple of verses that I love to, um, use to describe first choice. So give me one second to find them here. Um, I consider us kind of like that lighthouse that's the beacon is just flashing, you know, saying this is your safe place. Yeah. This is your safe place. And um, I'll, I'll find those scriptures. We'll, we'll come back to that because um, the Bible says that um, in 1 Corinthians that, um, here it is right here. Oh, no, that's not it. Um, Bible says in 1 Corinthians that, um, there is no temptation that has overtaken man except there be a way of escape and so we are that way of escape and it's fascinating to me to think about abortion as a temptation and i believe that it is a huge temptation today i i believe that probably easily over 80 percent probably more like 90 percent of women who get pregnant today whether they're married whether they're in a solid marriage whether they're in a even a christian solid marriage i believe that abortion crosses their mind it's just such a a viable option presented today and it's so downplayed as to the reality of whether that's a life in the womb yet or not um, and, and when is a baby a baby, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we really are that way of escape on that path to death. And it's amazing how God can just redirect women right into our office. I find it amazing how they accidentally come into <laughs> your office and, 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 and then they stay for the services or yeah. hear your presentation and stuff. And it, it, it kind of suggests to me that that they get into a situation like a pregnancy mm -hmm. and they feel like there's no way out right they feel like they, they kind of painted themselves in a corner and they they don't they don't even know all the options and i'm assuming and i'm totally assuming i would like to know i'm assuming some of these girls are younger girls yeah maybe high school age or maybe or somewhere in, in that ballpark and they're coming in, they may be too scared to go to their parents, or maybe they don't have a good support at home, mm -hmm. and they're completely lost. And they think that that's their only option because that's what's flooded through our social media, through our media, that, hey, if, if you're in something that's not good, just eliminate it and be done with it. Right. Where there's many other options, and then they accidentally come through your door, <laughs> and and their eyes are open. Yes. And they're able to see all of these other options. And and you said something so so pivotal because one of the things that so one things that one of the things that we do really well is we don't preach at the girls. We ask them questions. Here's an example. Um, for decades we know that statistically over 75% of women who have an abortion claim to be Christian. 75% wow. for decades. Now, take that and apply it to who we see. The women that we see, we see upwards of 85 to 90% of our women who claim to be Christian, okay? So she comes in, she thinks she's gonna have an abortion, and we have a conversation. And I can ask her, so let me ask you a question. Do you believe in God? You've already told me that. You, you believe that, that, you know, that, that you have a relationship with God. Who do you think gives life? Do we give life or does God give life? 
she says whatever she says. I keep asking questions until I come help her come to her own conclusion. And the fact is the Bible says that God gives life. So as a ministry, that's what we believe. Okay, so God gives life. We agree on that. Does God make mistakes? She might say yes. She might say no. <laughs> if she says yes, I'll say, really? The God who hung the sun in the sky told the ocean only come so far? That God? That God makes mistakes? Usually she'll be like, oh, no, I mean, I make mistakes. Okay, well, yeah, yeah we yeah. make mistakes for sure, but does God make mistakes? Usually she'll decide, no, God doesn't make mistakes. So if God gives life, he doesn't make mistakes. Is your baby a mistake? So, Jabrea, how how old are you? I'm 28. You're 28. Mm -hmm. She looks like she's 22, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm sure she gets that all the time. It runs in the family. Um, It runs in those beautiful (laughs) African-American skin tones. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I well, I think they, I, they I, age much better than I know, we do. They do. Well, <laughs> you do. I, yeah, I don't know where she gets it, but she, it is. She's got beautiful skin tone, and her light shines. And I appreciate her being here Thank today. You. I appreciate it. So, so are you? So, how do you? How do? As a volunteer, what what role do you play? Well, I just walk in and let them, you know, decide where I need to go. I kind of play whatever role um, is needed for the day, or. I'm mainly a client advocate, but I can work in the lab. I can do filing, data entry, wherever they need me. So, and so she's one of our supervisors too, so she can train others. And yeah. and so when you're meeting with a client, because now you're meeting with with girls that are a little bit closer to your peer group, you know, even thinking about my own mom, you know, she was 22 when she had me, and she, she I'm a complete extrovert, right? I, everyone like. You know, now when I you guys didn't pick that up when you came in. Yeah, not at all. I've been working my whole life to get out of my shell. So, but my mom was. Yeah, I'm almost there. So, you know, when you guys meet with that with that girl, so what? What what are some of your thoughts? Because I mean, this has got to be something like when you're meeting with a peer, like someone a little bit closer to your age. You know, and I think that's that's got to help them in some some easier level. Mm -hmm. Because you can talk to them eye to eye. Yeah, so I kind of like to share, because I, t- I tell people all the time that my mom's testimony is my testimony too. Um, so when we were speaking about abortions, um, it doesn't just affect the person having the abortion, but the people around them. And I have two siblings in heaven behind abortion. So um, I kind of just try to be really transparent. Like I may not be experiencing the same situation that you're in right now, but I've been affected by you know that choice. So... Um, from a child standpoint, you know, if she has other children, I say, hey, what do you think your daughter or your son would think? You know, it doesn't just affect you. Yeah. So what do you think your baby would think? You know, and another thing is later trying to figure out, you know, what did my son look like or what did Mm -hmm. my daughter look like? Whose eyes did they have? You know, so it just takes down, you know, takes you down a road. I've watched my mother go through um, a lot of things, drug addiction behind you know all tied behind abortion so it has that emotional side effect as well so um it really affected us and i'm the second eldest of six because i say we have two in heaven but um yeah i'm the second eldest of six my mom also had me when she was 22 so um what what (laughs) but yeah i just birds of a feather flock together (laughs) but it's amazing um the connections that you have after meeting with the women like they are just so And especially me being close to their age, you know, it's like they're ready to listen more. You know, it's like, wow, how old are you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so walk us through this. If a young lady or 
any age. I don't mean to come yeah, into you. Yeah, our oldest has been 50, 50 Oh, something. wow. Okay. Yeah, that was positive. Yeah, we get that a range. was going to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So, so a lady comes into the office by accident or on, or on purpose. Mm-hmm. How does the procedure go? Does, does she have to have insurance? Does she have to have any kind of backing? Does she have to bring anything? Or is this, uh, when she walks in, what happens? So if there's someone listening mm-hmm. and, they, and, and they're nervous about walking in, they're in yeah. a stressful situation in their own personal life, and they're even scared to walk in through your sure. door. Yeah, absolutely. What happens? So what happens is, of course, now we have to do the COVID screening. So there's a COVID screening outside, temperature and all that. Um, once she passes that, then she comes in and she fills out a request for services. And that request for services has her, you know, state her name and her phone number, et cetera, et cetera. And then asks her, you know, why are you here? What are you looking for? And from there, then we um, have a private consultation with her. And if she brings her boyfriend or her dad or her mom or whoever, we still start with her. She's the only one in there. So it is a completely safe place for her to share exactly what's going on in her situation. Everything is confidential. Um, No one else gets to find out what she said or didn't say or, or anything in that room. And so we work really hard to build that trust and let her know that, you know what, this is your decision. I don't get to make this for you. I'm not trying to make this for you. What I want to do is educate you and help you to know all the information about all of your options so that you can make a solid decision so that no matter which choice you make, whether it's life or abortion, you'll be not only okay with that, but happy with that next week, next month, five years, 10 years down the road, whether you have no more children or 10 more children. You know, and so that's really our stance. We don't judge her. We don't tell her you can't have an abortion. That's, you know, no. The reality is she can have an abortion. That's a fact today. She can walk right out of her doors, walk a couple hundred feet and have an abortion. That's a fact. So I'm not trying to stop her or change her or all we're doing is, like I said before, we're educating. And what we found is that most women, when they find out the truth and that there are other options, Abortion is not what they choose. We have a 91% turnaround rate. That's astounding wow. to me. That's, 91%. that's phenomenal. And we don't get that by beating them over the head and chewing them out and judging. We get that because we love them. We respect them. Right. We love them in their situation. And we just help them process. One of the things we like to say is don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation that you're in today. This is going to change. Yeah. You know? One of the things, too, that we do really well, I I remember a while back we had um, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, The boyfriend was about 10 years older. First baby for both of them. Um, Last clients of the day, we were closed. We were just waiting to finish up ultrasound. So the boyfriend comes out, and he sits in the lobby. And I said, so, you just had your ultrasound? He says, yeah. And I said, really, what would you see? He said, oh, we, we, we saw our baby. I said, really? How old was your baby? And he, whatever he said, nine, ten weeks, whatever the baby was. I said, really? So your baby was dancing? He said, oh, yeah, our baby was moving. I said, wow, okay. So what are you thinking? Oh, I don't know yet. It's up to her. I said, really? Hmm, okay. So how many children do you have? Oh, I don't have any babies yet. I don't have any kids yet. I said, really? Huh. You just saw your ultrasound, right? He says, yeah. And I said, what did you see on your ultrasound? Oh, we saw our baby. I said, okay. How many kids do you have? I don't have any kids. I said, <laughs> okay, let's try this one more time. He goes, oh, I have one. I said, right, you have one. I said, so here's the thing. You're a daddy today. I can't change that. I can't undo that. Aborting your baby doesn't make you not a dead da- not a daddy. It makes you the daddy of a dead baby. 
That's what it does. Yeah. He says, that's kind of harsh. I said, is it true? He said, well, I said, you just saw your baby, right? He says, yeah, it's true. He says, well, my dad's been talking to me. I said, really? What's your dad been saying? Well, he, he, well, he, he, he had, he had a, he got a girl pregnant years ago and they had an abortion. I said, really? What's he saying about that? He, he said, he, he, he regrets it. I said, really? How huh. amazing that your dad is telling you that. You have a baby today. I can't undo that. I can't change that. They chose life. So you talked about ultrasounds and, and my thoughts are just like, and you talked about your, you outsource a couple of other things. So if someone wants to reach out to you, Pam, what are some specific services that first choice helps them with? So a lot of, most of our girls are low income minority and they, they don't have insurance or they're underinsured. So they will need a verification to go and apply for Medicaid or to go and apply for WIC or to go apply for any kind of, of services. Mm -hmm. So we provide that for free. All of our services are free. So we give that consultation. We do that pregnancy test with the verification. Um, and the consultation includes pretty much anything she needs that we can, that we can help her with any kind of information she needs. We also do that ultrasound. The ultrasound is free. The ultrasound is really key because, as I mentioned before, about one in four pregnancies will end naturally. What that means is she can have a positive test and have nothing in her uterus, which is astounding to me. And we see it all mm -hmm. the time. It's amazing Definitely. to me. Wait, wait. One yep. more time. <laughs> she can have a positive I'm so, I'm sorry. test. So, so, so she gets one of those like sticks yep. that you pee on. I, yep. I don't mean to be so yep. vulgar. Oh, well, With two on. lines on it, right? Yeah, so that can come or back pause. positive, yep. but then do the ultrasound and there's no baby there. Correct. Amazing. It is amazing. And so we do that ultrasound to determine viability. Is there a baby? Is that baby in the uterus? Does that baby have a heartbeat? Because if not, you have no decision to make today. Wow. And you That's cannot right. tell that except with ultrasound. Yeah. The other thing about ultrasound is the abortion cost and the abortion procedure is determined by how far along she is by ultrasound. Okay. So she may have a period that puts her at 12 weeks, but maybe she had a bunch of stress. Maybe she didn't ovulate when she thought she did. Maybe she didn't get pregnant for three or four weeks. Instead of being 12 weeks, she's eight weeks. Or maybe she thought she had a period and she didn't, and she's 18 weeks instead of 12. I mean, we just see oh, wow. every every you know every range of that. Um, we had a girl recently who came in thinking she was at an abortion clinic, figured out she wasn't, didn't want to stay, ran, you know, left the left couple minutes later she comes back in and she's like can i still have your services and we're like sure <laughs> so she comes in we talk to her we find out what's going on come to find out boyfriend had said to her what if this is our twins because they had other children together so she they decided they just wanted to make sure that that this was just one baby if she was going to go through with this guess what it was twins, twins. wow <laughs> but too early to determine viability so she's coming back in a week, and we'll see what we see then. Wonderful. Yeah. So, And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. But because she's having twins, she's not interested in abortion anymore. She does not want to abort two babies. She didn't really want to abort one. But twins, uh-uh. And most of the time, it's true, isn't it, Jabreya? Most of the time, they'll be sitting there telling you, I can't do this, I can't afford this, I can't have another baby, and they find out twins, and they can't abort twins. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm trying to wrap that around my head. You, you, you want to get can't. rid of one, but when you find out you're getting two, I, I would rather keep two than. 
we found triplets. Yeah. That's amazing. So it is amazing. And but here's the thing that they need to understand. If they go to the abortion clinic first and they bypass us and they have twins, the abortion clinic will most likely not tell her that. Oh. Not before she makes that decision. I've had girls who have said to me, I aborted twins, but they didn't tell me until afterwards. And they said, well, you should know it was twins. How are you supposed to know? For your medical history. Oh, wow. You just aborted twins. We just aborted twins for you. I mean, one day we, we had a girl that came from the abortion clinic, and the abortion clinic tried to charge her double for twins. She was like, uh, no. She ran and ran into us, and, you know, she chose life. But, yeah, so the, the fact is the ultrasound is the only way that can determine the viability. Is there a baby? Is that baby in the uterus? Does that baby have a heartbeat? And if so, how many weeks is that baby? Wow. And let's just see what we see. A quick question, like going back to my own personal history, I found uh, when we were in the NICU with with our children is um, a lot of those nurses had their own personal stories for babies in the NICU. And so, Pam, I'm asking asking you, and Jabrea kind of told a little bit of her story with her mom. Do a lot of your volunteers, do they have, you know, do they all have a lot of abortion background, I guess, you know, in their lives? So statistically, the female, the female population, it's estimated that about 43 to 47% of women will have an abortion by the time she's whatever age. I would say statistically, we probably have about 50%. Yeah, about 50%. That are post-abortive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Post-abortive means she's already had one or more abortions. Now, to work with us, she has to have a... a, a well, I mean, very, even your volunteers. I mean, yeah. your, your staff. Yes, staff oh, yeah. and volunteers both. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. So she has to have a significant level of healing because there will be situations that come up that will just kind of peel that open, you know. They call it triggers that will trigger mm-hmm. it open, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's part of the un, like you talked about the miscarriages. I, I know a lot of women who, um, I know I have a friend and, and she is very open about her miscarriage and how emotionally traumatic it was for her. And so she still celebrates that baby's birthday. And, and I know in our own life, uh, you know, the emotional, uh, uh, baggage that goes along with miscarriage and that's why, like, I don't pretend that Adam and I are, are empathizing with with any women that might be listening, but we try. We obviously sympathize as fathers because obviously we 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 chose life every time, and so and part of that is about our backgrounds and our upbringings and 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 what we try to do in life, and so that's why I I suspected like. And, and Jabray was so honest and such a great story. She's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of six and two are, are preceding me. And, and, and so I find that so often in life, we, you know, we look back at life and we're trying to get better at mistakes. We, not mistakes, but maybe different decisions that we would like to have a little time machine go back and we figure out, well, there is no time machine, but I, maybe I can help get help someone else make a better decision in their future. So um, you said some really powerful things, and Jabrea alluded to it a minute ago when she talked about this, this some of the things that her mom experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most women who have an abortion, they will remember 
Maybe they'll remember the due date. Maybe they'll remember when they got pregnant. Maybe they'll remember, you know, for instance, here, here's an example. When we get closer to the holidays, how, how will you celebrate Christmas and the death of your baby every year? Because it's, I, I don't care who, who says it, there's going to be a reminder. Yeah. Or maybe she conceived right around her birthday. Every year, there's going to be a reminder. And I don't say that to be cruel. I say that because that's what women experience. Am I not right? You can talk about your mom's experience with that. Absolutely. So she remembered her actual experience with um, when she went, and it was years ago, um, but she just, well, she talks about it just so openly now, which I'm really proud of her, but it's just amazing the things that you can just remember, you know, and she just didn't blot it out or, <laughs> it's just amazing. Well, but she tried and to. That's why she, she struggled did. with drug and alcohol. Yeah. And alcohol how, and how did that affect you growing up? Like, when did when did you know? When did your mom and you have that conversation? That's a good question. So, oh, I think I was like 16 going on 17, or maybe I was 17. Um, and honestly, before, I didn't think anything of, you know, abortion or, you know, I just didn't know much about it until she shared, shared with us. But, did you have a boyfriend at the time? Uh that was high school, and I was old. We're not going to talk about For that. our listeners, Jabreya <laughs> is pointing her finger at me. Stop it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, no. the reason is, as, as fathers, as parents, mm-hmm. Jabreya, I could just see, hey, you're dating this guy, mm-hmm. right? And um, are you dating someone right now, Jabreya? No, no. So she's available. We'll put her link no, tree on the... No, don't do that. <laughs> it's okay. Good thing I don't have that. Um, but, it, you know, I'm just saying as a parent, I could see, like, hey you know what, these are some things that went on in my life Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping for you to make a better decision than I did. And it usually starts with dating someone or being out late or being in a situation where, hey, I I would have preferred not to be in. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was leading leading to. It was like, hey, is that where that conversation came in? Because that's that's very vulnerable of your mom. Yeah, so she was she basically raised us. Um, my dad was around, but he wasn't really around to teach us about you know um, things that we really needed to know about. But my mom stepped in and really um, just put on both hats. Um, so we come together as a family pretty often, almost every night. And um, I think this is when that actually started. And she just started spilling, like telling us. Um, her life, the stuff she went through, and you know the things that we can be aware of um, as teenagers and going into adulthood. So, um, as I said before, I didn't know anything about abortions, and um, I think that's the same year I met. We met Pam because I was there since 2011. So when my mom met her, that's when she included my sister and I, um, and we met Pam, and um, we've been linked to her. And she can't I think run it away. Was 08 or 09, actually, but <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And Pam, where I mean, um, Jabra, where'd your mom grow up? She was born in California, um, but she moved out here when she was um, 18. So. And then Pam, how long have you been in the valley? We moved here in '97. Yeah. So you guys both just got here. Mm-hmm. So just got. <laughs> <laughs> Adam and I, we, you have to be here at least 32 years. To qualify as native. I think, I think. Oh, 29, part, sorry. I think part of why Jabrea's mom shared with her, with them, is she was beginning that journey to really come to terms with and, and have her own healing. 
and for her a huge part of that was was to admit and tell the truth Mm -hmm. and and that's just kind of the way she's wired you know um i think it's a good parenting thing um my wife and i as as my as our kids our older kids have gotten older we've shared with them more about even some of the mistakes my wife and i have made in in our lives and we humanize ourselves i think as a child uh, I, I, with our real little ones, I could come home from work and my children look at me like I'm a, a superhero, like I flew in and I do these amazing things and I'm perfect in all these ways and they look at me that way and that's good for a child. But as they grow up, when, when a parent says, I understand what you're going through, I think that holds a lot of accountability when you start opening up to your older children and says, hey, I went through these experiences these were my mistakes. I wish I didn't have to make them, but I made them. I did this. This is how I fixed it. This is what I've, I've, I've done in my life. And, and there's, a, there's a, a bond, a relationship that's very hard to break with your older kids. So we've, we've slowly done that with our older ones. And it feels good as parents, but when our kids come back to us and want that advice, it comes with a little bit more credit and a little bit more um, weight when when we give that advice because hey we've been through this we know what you're going through here's some advice do do this because we didn't do, do that we say and not as we did yeah kind of yeah thing. and and pam how i mean pam how did you and jabray's mom uh meet up how did that because it <laughs> so seems like you guys are, are, are tied at the hip now so we pretty much are yeah so she um she had a pastor who said to her it's time for you to go and and work in this area so that you can have some more healing. And so she walked into First Choice wanting to volunteer. She spent the whole day there. She had no idea. Like, here's some of the symptoms that I, I was just looking up. She had no idea that the things that she was going through had been from her abortion. Um, depression, bouts of crying, guilt, inability to forgive yourself, um, anger, rage, sexual problems, promiscuity, eating disorders, Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, suicidal urges. I mean, all of these things Definitely. she was mm-hmm. she was struggling with. Um, multiple abortions, um, pattern of repeat crisis pregnancy. That's a classic example, and that's exactly what she went through. And I'm not sharing anything that she doesn't share mm-hmm. publicly in front of churches, and we minister together and with her clients. And, um, you know, so she, that's really why she came in. And um, God has has used the ministry to really, really um, help her come to terms with that and heal from it and be very, very effective um, because she can speak from that perspective, you know. And I bet that's powerful for a young lady coming into the clinic or to, to first choice and being able to hear that from someone who's actually been through that, a, a true testimony of, of making this kind of a decision. And she had all the reasons, you know, what what a lot of society would consider would be perhaps a valid reason, you know. Um, she even had gone to leadership in her church who had basically put their stamp of approval on it, you know, and cost her two babies before it was all said and done, you know. So, yeah, um, it, it's it's powerful. And it's amazing for us to see how God arranges those appointments and those meetings and those clients in the rooms like you have no way of knowing when you walk in there 
what's really going on with this girl. And you get in there and find out, okay, God's really going to reveal my number here. And we're going <laughs> to, wow. Okay. So she's got to hear exactly what I did. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. It is. It is. <laughs> what, what, is there a story Jabra that really has pinged, pinged you more than some others? Well, not really, because all of them are really just mind blowing. If you would, if you would like, it's it's just amazing the things that we don't really think about on a day to day basis. Um, you hear and it's just, and of course not to judge them, but it's just you know like wow. <laughs> so so for Eric and I and maybe m- most people like us that that decision doesn't come into our lives. Uh, it doesn't come into our kids' life. We and 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 I. I'm going to tread lightly here, but I I think most Americans are kind of like that. And so they don't put a lot of thought towards this issue. So hold on. Because it's not brought this up. That's how that's that's what they that's what you think that it doesn't affect most of the families. But it does. But it does. Listen, I have a grandbaby that was aborted at 22 weeks. After I'd been in this ministry for years and years and years wow and there wasn't a thing i could do yeah i i've i've had family members go through you've had children aborted and that's like uh you know like i'm grateful like looking at the position where my mom was my you know my mom like i would have been an easy candidate to not be here yeah like if if things like she could have there there would have been no judgment my family wasn't really big into into church and and there would have been no like hesitation hesitation or consequences but my mom chose to 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 keep me and my biological dad was you know i've shared the story before my my biological dad was much older than my mom they weren't dating it you know he was in town for a rodeo right and so there's no there's no connection there and my parents are over here. My mom is the second youngest of her family, and um, and to describe her pregnancy, you're like, well, how did most people didn't even know she was pregnant? Uh, my birthday is in December for our fans that would like to get us gifts. <laughs> um, and so, you know, she was all about big coats and wore coat and came in and left. And uh, you know, my mom wasn't super social. So most people had no idea that she's pregnant and she wasn't out there letting anyone know. And if you're wondering if she went to, went to work every day before I was born, I kid you not that you can, I'll get, I'll get her best friend in here. She'll testify. Yeah. My mom came to work and then took the day off to have me took a week off. I don't know who told her that, Hey, you can't go back. She took a week off from work. She probably tried to go back to work and then told her, no, you got to go. <laughs> probably. And then she went back to work because she was like, hey, I got a kid to take care of. And and uh, and here I sit today. So I give my mom 100% of the credit for for small decisions. And But see, that's the thing that that's the thing that is so often missed is. And there's for every baby conceived, there's a mother and a father. And so I don't want the men listening to think 
if you're experiencing pain because of an abortion, that we're ignoring you. No, it's a very real thing for you as well. It's not the same because there's not the physical complications that the mm-hmm. woman experiences. There's not those physical things that she goes through. But there's a there's a baby. Uh, there's an emotional attachment. Exactly. And so I want men to know that that it's a real thing for them as well. And there's healing for them as well. But society puts it on a, a woman's woman. choice. For sure. And, and, so, and that they eliminate right. kind of us out of the equation. But what we, what we kind of bypass most of the time with this is there's nothing more unnatural than a mother or a father taking the life of their preborn baby. There's nothing more unnatural than that. The natural thing is to do what your mom did and do whatever she had to do to protect you. And we had a girl recently who, minor, with her parent, and had been having some cramping. Mom was like, whatever you want to do, I'll support you. Girl thinks she needs to have an abortion. Guess what? We have a negative test. You have no decision to make today. She'd had a positive test, but she's probably in the midst of a miscarriage. But the result of that was... I'm never going to be in that situation again. I'm going to protect me and I'm going to protect my baby because we could have that conversation. You deserve more than this. You deserve to protect your baby, to protect yourself. That's the natural thing. And so that kind of all gets missed when we talk about the situation. What your mom did is the natural thing, the natural way that God created us to protect our children. So I, I stand corrected on what I was said before. I don't know anybody. That's why I was trying to get at. Mm. I don't know anyone. You're an anomaly. Well, and, 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 and actually, and, and maybe, I would but the point that I was trying to make, that I, I bet, had a question. Uh, Pam's, I, bet, I would bet on Pam's point is you do know someone, you just don't know it. Oh, women hide it for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. They avoid pregnancy. They avoid. But the question hours, I wanted they to avoid talking about it. They avoid if somebody says abortion, they're out the door. Forget it. Yeah. Not, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to let anybody see me go to pieces. So, I, and the reason I ask these questions is to get both sides of it. So, sure. what you guys know when when these girls come into first choice, what are the reasons why they were going to abort it? What are the reasons why women go to that way? Are they being pressured from outside? boyfriend husband parent friends are they scared what it's going to do to their body so they want to keep a physique that they uh Have you know hard for. uh do they just not want the financial burden do they want what are their reasonings to go through that besides going through your services i think the most i've heard is financial you know with covid and you know it's, it's a lot of stress going on in the world. So they just, I, I hear a lot about finances. The money. The money. For sure. My, and I hear a lot, hear that a lot. There are different, you know, other scenarios, but I do hear a lot about finances and just. Lack of confidence yeah. that they can raise the child. Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes to a deeper, it goes to deeper issues because that speaks to me that, you know, they don't feel like they're in a situation in life. They don't have this the, the, a stronger support network to to overcome that obstacle, right? So that's well, and that's where they come into place. Yeah. I mean, being able to mm-hmm. to, to come to options. you and have a, a safe place to talk 
and yeah. and release those outside pressures that are coming to them solving yes. their financial issues by helping them out with these services mm-hmm. sure. and not knowing what all the federal services that are there being able to 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 get put them in the right direction towards WIC or to some of these other programs you know uh, the government has these programs set up for a reason and these are the reasons why they are there and tax money is going to them is to help these these people out and a lot of people don't even know about the programs right right and and we have a a a lot of resources and referrals we had a situation recently a a young lady came to us from out of state and she had escaped a trafficking situation and was visibly pregnant and um just had no idea where to go she was from out of state what do you do here you know we made some phone calls we found a place where she could um, be taken in with her she had a pet with her um, and I ended up spending eight hours with her going with her to, to go through that process with her you know um, so whatever we have to do you know we will do we have had several times where we have have paid an airline or a bus ticket to fly somebody out of state to go somewhere else to be safe to have their baby you know because they just need out of town they just need out of this situation okay if we can do that we'll do it you know I mean, we, we uh, 11, little over 11 years ago, we had a, a woman who came to us. Um, she had started the abortion. She had already had the, the first part of the surgical abortion done. She'd had, they had inserted laminaria, which um, are, it's a, it's a bundle of dried seaweed sticks. They look like matchsticks, and they wrap them in gauze, and they insert them into the cervix, and as they absorb water, they swell, and it begins to expand the cervix, so she begins that process. We were able to stop that, reverse it. Um, we oh, went wow. and helped. I went with her the next week to her first doctor's appointment because now she's high risk. She'd been doing drugs. She'd been homeless. She had started an abortion, so now she's super high risk. We found a doctor. We helped pay for that first visit for her. I got to go and, and be there with that first visit and see the doctor as he examined her and hear the heartbeat, and she carried that baby to term, and that baby's 11 now. Wow. So, you and know. So how, and, and so that's what I, actually that lead, I wanted to hear about some of the success stories. Now that you've been doing this for so long, 18 years, you know, do some of the moms still reach out with you with some of the... Yeah, that this. mom that mom has reached out to me recently. So she's, she told me recently, she said, I everybody thought that once I had her that I would just stop doing drugs and, and everything would just be perfect and it's still hard. I said, I don't really think anybody really thought that. That's why we're still here and staying in touch and wanting to help you, you know. Um, but yeah, we've had over... 33,000 babies lives saved in 16 years. I mean, that's astounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also get women that have been there before they come in again. And um, something that we like to do is get an update of their prior visit. You know, we get the baby's name, the birth date, you know, just just get an update of, you know, For where sure. that baby is now. So That's amazing. You, you guys are definitely in the front trenches. I mean, literally 100 feet from... From really uh, f- you know, I like from to say we're we're not on the front lines. We're behind enemy camp. <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> behind enemy lines. So we're in the enemy's campground. So uh, was it two weekends ago? You had your banquet. Mm-hmm. Was is that correct? It was actually our fun. It's always a banquet, but because of COVID, we didn't actually have a banquet this year. We just had an event. So yeah, it was our fundraising event. Jabrea sent me the link, and I was able to watch it uh, online. And some of the speakers that you had were amazing, and the stories 
forgive me, I forgot his name, the, the doctor. Dr. Or, Labatino. Yes. Mm-hmm. His, his story of when he was doing abortions and the years and losing his own daughter. and yeah. it, 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 was, it was a very heartwarming story. And um, I actually, my wife and I sat and we watched that. And so uh, you, you guys take uh, do. Uh, uh, donations, donations yes. to help fund this. Yes, we do. So, um, so if someone out there wants to donate or to help in yes. one way or the other, mm-hmm. how can they do that? So they can go to our website. Um, First Choice Pregnancy Services is our name. So it's FCPS for those initials, friends with an S, fcpsfriends.org. Okay. Um, that's our website. And I'm sorry, fcpsfriendslv.org. Um, and they can donate there. They can, you know, call us up. We can take a credit card over the phone if they want to do something like that. If they want to come by for a tour, um, it's amazing to come and see the facility. It's a very nice facility. It's very, um, it's very clean and it's a medical facility, but it doesn't, when you get into those consulting rooms, we worked really hard to make them kind of cozy, comfy and not medical, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just, it's just really something to experience to see where we're located right next to that abortion clinic and understand you know how kind of how god makes this happen um and our phone number is 702-294-CARE c-a-r-e so 702-294-2273 um they can call you know it's it's an amazing ministry it's very very fulfilling i kind of feel guilty sometimes from being paid <laughs> As the executive director, because it's just we we have miracles all day, every day. We I was actually figuring this morning. In fact, I have it right here. I was looking at um, we typically have about twenty four hundred babies saved a year, and so um, that's nine point six babies a day. We literally wow. usually have nine or ten babies saved every day. That doesn't count the twin of the twins. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. just the pregnancy, really. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, it's it's truly amazing and. You know, we we are a nonprofit. We don't we don't go after or, or seek government funds. Everything is privately funded. We did take the um, PPP loan. You know. Yeah. Oh, during the COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which we expect to be forgiven. But that is all of the government money that we've ever. Or did you say expect to be forgiven? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they, they you could submit it this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That just came out. Oh, I, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, forgiven for that, too. No, yeah. no, just to have, oh, the, have the money. The I'm just forgiven. catching it. Pam and I are on the same page. <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, our, our funding is all from private um, individuals and businesses and churches. Yeah. Wonderful. So, it's amazing. Yeah. 250 saves a life. I mean, it's, Wow. Jabrea, Pam, we have loved having you guys here today. Thank you so much. We love the work you do. I apologize if Adam gets a little teary-eyed and emotional. <laughs> I'm more like the stoic, you know, quiet one, and he likes to just be, ball, baby, ball. We appreciate you guys coming in. Thank I, you I, so I, much. It, it, you. It's been a little bit of time of setting this up, but it's definitely been worth it. And for you, Jabrea, to volunteer, I mean, that, that's so impressive. Uh you're young, single. Especially as a 22-year-old. Yes, most people at your age are out trying to, to live their life and yeah. do their thing, but the life that you chose has definitely blessed many others. And It's it's rewarding, honestly. Um, it really It is. doesn't matter if I try to take a break. I'm back calling, <laughs> you need me Saturday? I'm here. <laughs> She's That's like, wonderful. of course. I'm like, okay. So. Um, but it is, it is fulfilling. That's nice for her to call in. She's like, do you need me? Okay, good, because yeah. I'm outside. Yeah. 
I am here. Yeah, I'm I already drove here. I'm hiding in the bathroom. Yeah, right. No, but it's amazing. It's fulfilling. Like I volunteer many other places before, but this one is actually one that I can just. It's like another job for me. You yeah, know? it's just I, it's just something that I'm trained to do, and it's amazing though. So, and, I love and it. It is. It is. And and what's amazing too is, um, you know, we have a lot of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Like. When, we we first reopened we were closed for two weeks and the COVID all hit and we had to kind of reassess and all that so we opened real seven staff we didn't bring any volunteers back at first because we had to kind of you know we wanted to make sure we kept everybody mm-hmm. safe but then when the volunteers started coming back we do all the training so somebody can walk into first choice and just have a passion for what we do and we'll train you you might be good at consulting you might be just run pregnancy tests you might help us with the phones or with filing or whatever you know but 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 we will put you in a place that will use your talents that God has given you. And Adam is good at filing. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's something as simple as sanitizing the rooms after each oh, consultation. He's, he's yeah. phenomenal you can always that. do something there. Why, yeah. why are you trying to put me out there? Man? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm well, a better manager. I'm better. I'm good at delegating. That's why. We appreciate what you guys do. And Thank we're going to so put much. all the links in the show's bio. So anyone who's interested, go down, click the link in the yeah. bio and uh, and go to their website, uh, be able to uh, donate what you can, or uh, if you feel like volunteering, or if you know someone who is struggling with these kind of decisions in life, uh, give them this information. Heck, go pick them up and give them a ride down there yeah. and, and, and yeah. change a life. And, and we, will, we will just, they will love us. I mean, it, it's amazing. The women just, they love us. Our, our clients come from family, friends and repeat Mm -hmm. that's the majority of where our clients come from so that tells you right there how the how the people are treated and i will say finances are super important right now you know um with covid it's it's challenging you know it's challenging and we're not going to back down and we need the finances you know we need the money well tell people to dig deep this is definitely a good cause Definitely a good cause. And it's on people's minds this time of year with voting coming up and yeah. things like that. So yeah. so if you want to do something more than just cast them a ballot, uh, go visit them at their website. So thank you so thank much for coming so in. Much. And thank, thank you, you everyone so for uh, for listening to the show. And uh, and let me give those two verses real quick. Yes, please. Um, that, that kind of are my, my theme. Um, first Corinthians, I just... <laughs> It's so nice to have scriptures on the phone now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is it though. Yeah. Sorry, hang on a second. I just um, you guys can edit this a little bit. It's okay. No, I no, look good, good. I look good on the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And then Proverbs 24, 10 through 12. And this is what I call our services emergency womb service. Instead of emergency room, emergency womb. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Deliver them that are carried away into death and cause, and those that are ready to be slain. See that thou hold back. If thou sayest, behold, we knew not this. Doth not he that weigheth the hearts consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his work? So we literally rescue those babies that are being carried away to death in their mother's womb. It's so wonderful. You. No, we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.